0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, quarantined in D.C., and today I have the honor and pleasure of interviewing comedian Kathy Griffin. I am so excited to talk to her, so I'm going to keep the intro short. Uh, just FYI for anyone who's a regular listener of the show, I will be doing another outro. I usually do them, but it'll be a little bit longer this time because I'll just cover what I didn't cover in the intro. So let's just get right to it. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners and it's woman run. I do not use corporate backers and I don't have ad- advertisers. Patrons are what keeps this show going, and I'm always grateful for each and every one of you. If you like today's show, Take a look at the front page of my Patreon. I think it goes under membership and there's a description of the show. There are links to past interviews I've done with other actors, discussions that I've had with political people. I've had some really great people on the show. So if you do like the show and you want to become a patron, just visit patreon.com slash start me up. You could become a patron for like two bucks a month. And that's going to give you all the free shows to your email box. If you sign up for $5 a month, you get two extra bonus shows per month. And that's me, usually with Steph Walton, uh, and we're, like, great friends. So when you listen to us talking, not only do you get an extra bonus show, and, you know, we talk about everything, whether it's body image, politics... Uh, patriarchy, but the, the difference is it's a little bit more personal. Sometimes it's a lot more personal than the free show. So that's a little bonus for people who want to sign up for $5 a month. But you could sign up for any any dollar amount, like $25 a month or even $5,000 a month. That's just totally up to you. Any amount is good with me. Um, but I also want to make sure that everybody knows if you if you don't No, for sure. I'm not, if you're not ready to sign up, you can just visit the text of the uh, description of this show on Patreon. And I have an option to do a one-time payment with my PayPal. I include my email address so you could do that too. Any way you want to support the show, I am grateful and I'll take it. So again, that's patreon.com slash start me up. Okay. Please enjoy my conversation with Kathy Griffin. Welcome, Kathy we know each other. <laughs> I Well, I feel like I know you because I've been watching you forever and ever and ever. And I just have to say this before we get started. Um, some of my listeners make fun of me because I fangirl <laughs> and I'm going to fangirl over you. So just let me do that for one second. Um, I want to let you know that I admire your frankness, your hilarious sense of humor. You always make me laugh and the fact that you're a famous person who when you do a stand up, it feels as if you are talking to me, and we're friends, and I really love that about you, and you've always had it, and I've always been entertained by you throughout your entire career, from Suddenly Susan to the D-List to now, and I just wanna thank you for being a pioneer as a woman in Hollywood, as well as the political realm, and what you do is important, and your voice is appreciated, so thank you so much.
1: Yeah, that's all great, Kimberly. Um, I need you to go ahead and apply to be what's called head of show business. So I think if I just had one person who thought
0: that, either
1: uh, a TV executive or a streaming. So I, you know, it's kind of like um, you know, like when they created you know Homeland Security after 9-11. I, I think it's time to just create head of show business, and you won.
0: All right. Well, then I'll take Thank it. I very will much take for your support, it. President of show business. Oh my God. Been,
1: I really appreciate hearing that because you know, honestly, um, you know, I, I'm sure your 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 listeners appreciate that we're doing the same day, and um, you know, I I didn't obviously I, I a small business owner. Yeah. All my employees are still on the payroll and getting paid, and all this other stuff, and um, they, you know, I told three of them not to come in today because, in addition to you know, as as you know, in addition to the you know, legitimate and really inspiring marches. Um, There's all this other sort of a a subset of other uh, coordinated, you know, looting incidents And, you know, it's weird. Like, I follow this stuff all the time. And I think I started following it because of all those years of touring, I became a weather junkie. (laughs) So if I see a certain city trending on Twitter that's kind of an obscure city, I go, what's up? So, like, for example, the last two nights, I've been hearing and seeing groups. You can just see them coordinate right on Twitter. So I'm not even talking Reddit or 4chan. And they say what communities to hit. And they hit communities like San Bernardino, like huh. at a very odd hour of the yeah. night. So I was, I actually said to my employees, I go, I don't care where you live. Don't come in because you never know where one of these little mm-hmm. whack-a-mole sparks is going to show up. And I, for one, am on the team that thinks that part of it is all a distraction mm-hmm. from, oh my gosh, change might really be coming. So we, Alex mm. Jonesers, the right wingers are going to like, freak out and dress up. Like, can I just say my favorite? My favorite is that not only the accidental president, but that people think Antifa is like a real thing.
0: Yeah, so I know. Can I just
1: say, i just going to put it out there. A few years ago, remember, they sort of, like, the far right sort of co-opted the Occupy movement and Anonymous. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the far right, the Alex Jones people, are wearing Guy Fawkes masks. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, they turned it over again. But I actually, you know, this whole Antifa business and, you know, as you know, I, I lost my mother during this whole COVID yes, thing and haven't been able to memorialize her properly. But as, as I've also joked in my act, she, God love her, she was a Fox viewer. Right. And I just know that my mom would, like, if she was still with us, would be, like, terrified of some yeah. phantom group. And I actually called Steve Wognak, of all people, and I said, <laughs> okay – you know, because he loves hackers. He really admires, like, the really good hackers. He's visited hackers in prison. And I go, okay, seriously, like, they don't have a website. They don't have a right. Like, they don't have a missive. They don't have a leader. Yeah. And I go, Boz, you're Mr. Like, you know, deep in any, any, go get into the, you know, web. What is it, FIFA? And he, like, looks into it, and I'll never forget Steve Wozniak saying to me, It's like seven separate guys around the country in their mom's basement (laughs) on a computer. And and I'm not saying that to say that if you are anti fascist, I don't respect that because, hello, we don't want to be fascistic. And then my husband Randy goes, oh no, I just saw this whole thing online where all the right wingers, are you ready? They think Antifa means anti First Amendment.
0: Oh my God. Of course they do. Of course they fucking do. Oh my God. It's no shit. Oh my god, I know. It's just also scary. And it's, I mean, well. And, K-
1: and Kimberly, can I tell you something? Of course. I think that.
0: Yes, I'm sure. I, I would not be surprised. In fact, and I want to talk to you about this because I watched your special yesterday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. The
1: little movie that could. Yes. Thank you. Well,
0: let me just say, first of all, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's so fascinating because the first part of it is like a documentary and you're basically yeah. talking about what happened after the Trump bloody, uh, I should say, ketchup mask incident um so you kind of chronicle what happened after that but then you go into your stand-up where you do more chronicling but it's just on stage now it was so fun and it was so funny but i learned all these things that i was like i just want to start this off it's probably not the most important part of it but i'm so disappointed in. um now of course i can't remember his name the bravo guy andy cohen uh the way andy cohen treated you when he replaced you basically with anderson cooper on the new year's eve thing as if he didn't know who you are. I mean, I'm so disappointed in him. I'm a Real Housewives person. I watch that show because yeah, I just I can't. I cannot I help too. myself. And
1: you know, I also know a lot of those those ladies. And I, I, I um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the great Gloria Steinem. I'm going to name drop. <laughs> I, uh, I, I talked to her one time, and and I, I really, I'm somebody that really reaches out to people, mm-hmm. like um. You know, I, I just am not afraid to, like, cold call somebody. And so, long story short, as I was turning 50, I thought, God, the most amazing thing to do, and I don't even know her, but, like, what if I could spend my 50th birthday with Gloria Vanderbilt, and I kind of, uh, I'm sorry, Gloria Steinem, and then I got her number from Fonda, and she agreed to meet me for my 50th birthday. Oh, my
0: God, that's so cool.
1: I know. <laughs> and so, anyway, one of the things, um, and I said this kind of as a joke because, you know um uh, at the time as you know uh prior to the trump photo i was really focusing like almost exclusively on you know housewives and kardashians mm-hmm. and pop culture and so at the time i said to the great Gloria Steinem, yes. who you know sort of ironic joke i go who, what's been worse for the women's movement the kardashians or the housewives and she goes <laughs> oh the housewives by far and i go why and she goes well at least in the kardashians they show them having interracial relationships wow was
0: like, so true by
1: the way i then told. Kim in that, who said, you know, who's going to sign him. But the point is, <laughs> picture battles people <laughs> <pay>
0: <laughs> well that I mean that's a whole nother show where I could just go off because I do I love the Beverly Hills and the Orange County and the New Jersey those are the ones I watch but like the worst one is Orange County they are like so patriarchal it's unbelievable but I still watch because I like can't help myself it's a soap I know, opera and it's
1: sort of like the original so I feel yeah. like yes you know I don't know I, I just I mean I remember when the show started and I remember when I was at the network and doing like events with them and I remember going to some NBC Uni event, and they actually made the top chef cook, which was great. Wow. But <laughs> and I hope they pay them. But I like I remember talking to like Teresa Guadice yeah. and she was like on the phone with the kids. And remember Carolyn?
0: Yes, the redhead. Yes, we have
1: at family, <laughs> Carolyn from the Real Housewives of Jersey told me that day that her family had driven to pick up Bernie Carrick from prison.
0: Oh my God. And I'm not
1: kidding. Like, believe it or not, I can be a little protective every so often of people in my act. And I just go, uh, Carolyn, I, why would you, what's your connection to Bernie (laughs) Carrick? And I go, you're going to go, you know, the police chief of 9-11 who was a hero, who was on 60 minutes saying, you know, we handled this well. Well, you know, Now he's a convicted criminal. He's served real time. And I go, Carol, "Carol, let me just tell you. Like, you're on TV now. You weren't before. You might want to just kind of watch something like that. And she goes, well, somebody had to go pick up poor Bernie. And I'm just, I mean, that was years ago, and I'm still laughing about
0: it. Wow, that's funny. You'll probably
1: get the Medal of Freedom. Oh, he might have already gotten it. The uh, the Medal of Freedom.
0: Probably, (laughs) knowing Uh this president. Um, Okay, so I want to ask you um, about this um documentary i don't know it's like a it's, it's called the, what would you call it it's like it's
1: called, it's, i honestly i call it a docu comedy because okay. um it's i got a great director named troy miller and i've worked with him before and um you know nobody will touch me and let me do a special right. and so i the first third of the film is is truly just iphone footage that uh-huh. my now husband and i took on the road playing i think Gosh, I think we played, like, 47 cities in the U.S. and, like, 24 cities outside the U.S. and, like, 18 countries or something like that. So then, you know, the, the act itself, I'm not kidding. It, it, it ballooned to be a three-hour show. Wow. Like, when I did my shows here in America, I was, you know... I was three hours at Carnegie Hall, three hours the next oh. night at Radio City, you know. And so, believe it or not, to, to, to edit it down to the comedy right. special yeah. part was actually a little bit uh, difficult, but fun. Yeah. But I think, um, I'm just so proud because, you know, I um, don't have an agent or anything like that, and, and I, I had a publicist at the time who just... Like, it was so meaningful. He just said, let me put in a call to South by Southwest and see if they'll show it there. And then everything changed. It's now showing in 62 countries. I mean, I'm not making any money from it, but I don't, Hmm. you know, that's not why I made it. Mm -hmm. And it's on, you know, uh, Amazon Prime and Apple's and Vimeo on demand. And it's so touching to hear from people all over the world. And you know, they all say the same thing. What the hell is going on over there? (laughs) We used to respect you as the greatest superpower. they're, They're just so confused, like... There's not like just a handful of elected people that can just go remove him, and uh-huh. I'm like. Then you, you get into like a, like I said in the movie, you're like trying to explain the whole system of
0: gerrymandering <laughs> exactly. and all yes. this other stuff. Well, there's gerrymandering, there's Russia, there's all of it. I mean, there's so many uh, so many things at play. But let me ask you this: Do you think the same thing would have happened if a male comedian had held up that mask with ketchup on it? Would you would would he have had the same kind of treatment you did? And I I, I sincerely mean this. Do Do you think no, that I would have?
1: Um, first of all, I still. Um, you know, I, I, still, uh, have the, uh, and I, I, verified this with the great first amendment attorney, Ted Boutros, at mm-hmm. Gibson Dunn, who's, uh, defending Jim Acosta and Brian Callum to get the press passes back. And he successfully does so. Wow. And he's a great first amendment attorney. I also have an amazing first amendment attorney, Alan Isaacman, who I, I talked about in the film who helped me tremendously with the Trump photo situation. And so, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I I think that, you know, we have to continue to be bold Mm -hmm. and fearless because right now it's so obvious they're firing on all Mm -hmm. pistons. But at the time, and I say, like, I was the test case, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, it was the first time in the history of this country that a sitting United States president and, you know, the Department of Justice, you know, decided to really publicly, in their words, decimate Mm -hmm. a a comedian much less a civilian i'm yeah. not an elected i don't have the same standards they do and all this stuff and you know it's it, it, it and then now he does it sort of daily so yeah. um that that was like an important thing for me to get out and i actually get a lot of gratification frankly hearing from someone like you like wow that was even i mean remember it was yesterday it was the three-year anniversary of that freaking picture and yes. people i still obsessed with it but I also find a little humor in the amount of people that think I've actually left ISIS to join Antifa.
0: <laughs> it's so sad. Really? That's really so terrible? sad. Oh, my God. You know, when... Um you didn 't break any laws, and obviously you 're not no. a member of ISIS. I want to just say that back in two thousand and eighteen I, I tweeted out something um, that pissed, it pissed everybody on the right off. I was on the cover of Fox News, Daily Stormer covered me, which is a uh. Nazi site, and I mean it felt awful, but it was and I was only getting it from the right uh, you, you got it forever from people, from allies, from people you worked with, and I want to know because like watching you in that film break down. I can only imagine how you felt. How do you cope with something like that? How do you keep yourself going when it feels like everyone who's ever even supported you is against you? And then add to that all the crazy MAGA death threats that you got.
1: Oh yeah, and I'm still, I'm still, you know, possibly a bit of a pariah in the industry. And yet, you know, as as my husband Randy just told you, I actually have a Zoom television show pitch, and so. You know, one of the ways I do it is I go, look, um, I don't need to be an a-hole because there's only one thing I do well, and it's comedy, but I do have a talent for comedy. And I yes. have a long <laughs> body of work from, you know, writing every word of all my 23 specials and being in the Guinness Book of World Records, wow. and trying to set examples for younger women and playing Carnegie Hall by myself as the only woman in the history of Carnegie to play it five wow. times by herself. And, oh you God. know, I set these benchmarks. And honestly, I think it's, believe it or not, those little things have been like, have been like kind of like, for them, it's almost like picking away the scab i'm like oh no she she we're trying to convince her she's a has-been and she sucks (laughs) and now she's a couple and now her movie is seen by all these people so now we have to try to go on i think i i can't i don't i'm not strong enough to look at it but i think if you look at like the movie reviews Uh you can see they were like four stars four stars and then a few days later all of a sudden it's like you know this this film is Nothing less than a traitorous <laughs> video of porn, you know. Yeah, and, oh yeah, I and did it's like see those. it's <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? So yes, I totally noticed. Ask you, as someone who has been attacked by the um, by the far right mm-hmm. online, which, as you know, and I, I hope your viewers know, a lot of that is just algorithms. Yes, so you may get these same texts the same uh, comments uh, on your timeline forever and a lot of them are actual troll farms yes. i mean 50 minutes and everybody in the world has done pieces where they bust them yeah and then some of them are of course you know i hate to say it are our aunts and uncles or right. whatever yeah um and so the, to answer your question the bottom line is pretty simple i'm just not talking to any of them anymore yeah. and it was an interesting thing you know i'm 59 years old and a friend of mine said something that turned out to be helpful, and he just said, because um, I had it in my mind that I couldn't do it. He goes, you know, I think you have to start, like, a new base of friends. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, at my age? <laughs> and then, you know, I have to say, uh, that's one thing that's been actually quite gratifying. is mm-hmm. It's taken me kind of almost three years, but um, I don't know if you've been seeing my postings, but one thing I was starting to do before COVID was have these dinner yes. salon parties. I saw that. Yeah, yeah I saw
0: Molly Jong-Fast was at one of them.
1: Yeah, Molly yeah. John Fass was that one. I've had you know Maria Shriver, which meant a lot to me because I've made fun of her for many years, and now she me totally is like, "Oh, I get it, you're kidding." And I've had you know um, you know Special Prosecutor Harry Littman come oh, wow, over. Right. I had um, Amber Heard, who's really yes. really being attacked by the Johnny Depp psychos, right. and you know yeah. who else? Um, Rick Wilson, you know, right? you know, and he's, he's, we have our differences, but he's, fun. Right. he's freaking funny as heck. <laughs> and he certainly is, is on our team as, as, as a never-trumper. Yes. And so it's, you know, I, I thought, yeah, it's okay to have these people that aren't like, I'm not five. It's okay to not have a mm-hmm. best friend where we hold hands and skip all
0: day. <laughs> exactly. But I gotta yeah.
1: say, like, one thing is Kimberly, like I got all my, you're going to laugh. All my friends are journos, lawyers, <laughs> electeds, wow. um, you know, this process, I got to know from the Trump picture, many people in the legit Department of Justice, yeah. many, wow. you know, uh, former FBI, former CIA folks have been in contact with me and really, really helpful. And and, and like I said, you know, I, I, have, oh, I just want to reiterate, I have no problem with the government. I actually think, <laughs> I always say, I, I really believe you know what I went through with the interrogation and stuff, but with the threats,
0: I think I really believe that FBI yeah, saved my life. Wow, that's yeah. just fascinating. That that's so interesting. You know, I was watching on Saturday. I watched Judy with Renee Zelliger, and and it was uh, striking. Love. Yes, love that was a great movie, and it was a movie too. It wasn't like this formulaic right, her thing. Human side. It yes. wasn't like
1: the typical biopic.
0: Exactly. It was it was a real movie, and you know, as I was watching your um, docu comedy. I was thinking that there was some, something that you kind of had in, in like in common with her in that you know I mean obviously as a child she was fed drugs from from um, all of the you know what's this what, what was that guy's name who, Louis who B. Mayer. yes Louis B Mayer was giving her drugs and everybody's giving her drugs so she was addicted to drugs which is not your issue but you are dealing with all of this you know hatred and you know that there was that it struck me in your. Um, docu comedy where it was like you broke down you were crying you were you were physically well, yeah, it was,
1: exhausted when these yeah tracked down my sister what? in a cancer ward and oh, no. i picked up the phone personally cuz she said i've been getting you know like weird calls yeah i mean that's intense When yeah. they tracked down my my mother's you know for like her landline for when she lived in the you know uh uh, in, in independent living building yeah. you know what i mean yeah like that that level of uh you know like like you were talking about getting getting told online right i don't know that that isn't the same group and i don't know that brad Pascal right. isn't orchestrating this whole thing
0: probably I, I would assume that that's absolutely the case i mean somebody actually did call my cell phone one woman didn't she chewed me out but thankfully that was it um, but what I what I thought was fascinating was that, I mean, here you were the night before a show, and you were a complete exhausted mess. You were crying, and, and it, it all just kind of came down on you. But then you had a show, and right before the show, you met a group of drag queens who were just completely awesome, and they were so funny, and, and just what you would expect is just funny and awesome. And then you go on stage after this horrible night that you have and you're again bounding around and and it reminded me of Judy Garland because it's like here she was she was so depressed about her kids and she was you know on drugs and all this and but then she would go on stage and boom this adrenaline baby
1: it's it's called flick the switch yeah but I do want to I realized I didn't answer your question uh and I want to go back to it because you're talking about Judy at the end of her career being such a massive star and really being kind of left alone and yeah. all the louis v mayors who god knows if he molested her or what but all the men that made all that money yeah. on her it literally would have been nothing for them to just give her like almost like a lifetime bodyguard like yeah. seriously when you think of the right. money that the, she's made for them yeah and so in, in, re, in uh regards to your question about any did anything similar happen to any of the guy comics not at all yeah. and that was one of the things that i felt was important to say so I mean, by the way, I, I don't want anyone else to get into the trouble and right. be interrogated under oath by two federal agencies. I mean, that was just a total abuse of power. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, very famously, you know, um, uh, I'm trying to think what comics. I know I know, um, the late, great Peter Fonda, he made mm-hmm. a comment, and, and he was able to just talk to the Secret Service on the phone, and mm-hmm. it didn't blow up in a, in a way like it did, which was good. But the singer Morrissey made a comment, yeah. and he, you know, he, you know, got away with it, and um, Snoop did a video
0: with, mm-hmm. like,
1: guns and stuff right, like that. Right, yeah,
0: so, I remember that.
1: Yeah, so, no, as far, uh, none of the guys were, were put through the mill like me.
0: Wow, I mean, it's, it's so of not fair. Field,
1: of any field, It's not
0: fair, it's not fair of fair. course, and, like, Trump always likes to say how it's not fair, but it really, truly is not fair uh, what happened to you, and the way that you handled it is fantastic because you have obviously not allowed it to take you over. And I think part of that's Jim Carrey, right? Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey.
1: Oh, Jim Carrey, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, Well, yeah, I, um, you know, I... I I've only met Jim a couple of times and, um, you know, I do a lot of like celebrity talking and I've been around, but he's just, he's a guy that I've always admired. We took a class one time together in like the (laughs) eighties, but you know, he's like a big star. Like, I don't know if he's like big stars. I might say hi to him once and again, or they confront me at a party and I go, ah, I was only kidding, relax. (laughs) But, um, it was, it was amazing on that day on, you know, the day the picture went live and everything came crashing down. You know, it was just an amazing thing to hear. Jim Carrey's on the phone, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. As you said, everyone turned on me. John yeah. Cheadle turned on me. Wow. Uh, Clinton tweeted against me. Wow. Uh, Alyssa Milano, you know, hmm. so it was hard being hit from the left, right, and center. Yeah. And so I admit there was a part of me that thought, uh-oh, is Jim going to, like, get on there and go, hey, right. you did something really bad for the cause or whatever. And it was just the opposite. He was just—he was very calm and very measured, and I was not. I was very shaky and teary and, and fearful and confused about why people would buy—you buy, know—buy into this crazy theory. Yeah. You know, and that's when he said, as, as I mentioned in the movie, you know, put it through. I love, you know, what do you say, the uh, Kathy Griffin prism, comedy prism. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to do now. Like yeah. I just, you know, now it's so dark that that's what all comics are struggling with. Like, right. how do you do comedy? in a way that doesn't sound like you're making fun of the situation. But also, you know, if you do, if you do a good joke, I love hearing from people like, Oh my God, I needed that. Right. You know, and so it's, I think you'll see a lot of comics, you know, we're going to be doing feelers because the comics I've talked to, we're all the same. I mean, I've talked to other comics that are also like, like, you know, Chris Rock is trying to navigate these waters. On one hand, he's, you know, speaking and uh, he and Rosie Perez did that press conference and trust me, you know, Chris probably has a Netflix deal, and he's mm-hmm. probably um, working on his next special or series. He's also a big producer. Um, so he'll find a way to make it funny. Mm-hmm. And, like, I tried to do a funny tweet today because I was like, gosh, today's really freaking dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, really dark. You know, the autopsy mm-hmm. revealed that, of course, those cops clearly strangled yes. George Floyd's death. and all Heavy day, right? right. Riots happening in weird areas that aren't. Black yeah. Lives Matter, figuring that out, trying to convince my white friends that it's not Black Lives Matter that are doing this crazy stuff late yeah. right at night with this, you know. And so I thought, okay, when I heard he went in the bunker and i watched watching last <laughs> night and then the lights <laughs> go out in the White House. So then I just, tr- today I just tried a funny one. So I retweeted the article and I think I said something like, oh my God, can you imagine the smell down there? <laughs> And just, like, keep it simple. Like, all you have to do is picture Donald Trump with his, like, melting, tan, stinky <laughs> stuff. And he probably, he probably has a lot of, like, weird lotions and potions. Like, God only knows what they spray on his hair. And he's got, like, the McDonald's breath, probably. And you know how big these bunkers are? And yeah. He probably doesn't know what a bunker is. He's like, where's the window? I want to see stuff. <laughs> like, you know, I, I wonder, like, did they just put him someplace else and be like, oh, this is the bunker. You're, you know, put him in a golf course. This is a bunker. Right. And they just leave. Yeah, but, you know that's how I handle
0: it. <laughs> I think I think you said something about his teeny tiny wiener too, or something like that, about how that smells. Well,
1: I, <laughs> I just went there. I said, and his balls must reek as small as they are. You know, I mean, some of the, you know, when you see him flop sweating, yeah, I, I hate to say it, some of it's got to go it's right down, stink. and you know, Into probably the a little puddle in his tighty whities. I get there. I said it. I said it. And that's what yeah, I, I, I love about it back, you. It's clearly covered in the first amendment.
0: And you will say it. And that's what I always appreciate. I mean, I, used to, I, I always watched your um, uh, The D-List. I always enjoyed watching that. And it's always oh, been thanks. like, so, and you know what's funny, and it's a quick little story, which isn't really about you, but um, I always watched Suddenly Susan. And it's interesting because there was a woman on that show. There was a woman who was a guest star on that show. And part of the reason she was even on that show is because I had invited her to my acting studio. I used to be an actress in another life. And um, so she got to the acting studio and she was kind of like one of those actresses that slept with the casting director at Warner Brothers who had access to all, you know, I mean, I know I never auditioned at Warner Brothers, but I know there was a whole bunch of shows. Like I know there was like, uh, I guess it was like casting director row. So she kind of made, she made her- one of them
1: is named Leslie Moonbev's. (laughs) who I confronted at the Polo Lounge and said, I would like to not sit next to a rapist. So Leslie used to run Warner Brothers prior to running CBS. Now, I'm not accusing him of anything. I'm just saying this allegedly. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) And so this woman um, who, you know, she kind of used me to get into my acting studio and meet casting directors. It's a long story anyway. But she told me at the time, um, that Brooke Shields, so I'm six feet tall, so obviously so is Brooke Shields, and yes. I've, I've always had body image issues. I've always dealt with body, like, hatred. I, I'm bigger than most actors. I have broad shoulders, and, you know, I'm just, a, I'm, I, I was slender at the time, but I was bigger than everybody, so I was mm-hmm. always extremely insecure about that, and so she told me that Brooke Shields weighed 20 pounds less than I did, and that um, unless I lost 20 pounds... I would never be considered sexy in Hollywood. And I remember that, that, you know, and and then I just remember that she was on Southern wait, wait, Susan. Just one of the people who she's she's just one woman who was a guest on that show.
1: Yeah, I'm she, just gonna say, I'm gonna, here's the deal. We white chicks have to start calling out other bad white chicks.
0: Yeah. Because
1: yeah. I'm just gonna say, I know that girl and I went to Strasburg and there was always that freaking girl who was like, Hey, I'm just saying this because I care. (laughs) But like, honestly, with that nose, you're not going to get hired. And I really want you to get hired. Yeah. And then then, like to to add insult to injury with the 20 pounds thing, first of all, if it makes you feel any better. And she doesn't talk to me anymore either, but I still adore Brooke Shields and I will always love her and be grateful to her my whole life. First of all, Brooke, you know, is six feet tall and her, her body now is, is really... Is, she's really focused on fitness. Yes. And I think I think what your friend should know and should not have assumed is uh, Brooke actually went from a period of kind of wishing she was, like, wavy like some of the other yeah. models in the 80s. Of course. But then when she was with Agassi, you know, when he was doing meth, that's <laughs> well documented. Anyway, he wrote a book about it called Closer. Anyway, um, she really... Uh, Was like training a lot, so it was interesting. Like, I I think that it's an example of, "Hey, Brooke Shields made her body what she wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with you."
0: Right? I mean, like, Brooke
1: might have forty pounds of muscle mass or whatever, and she's, you know, but it's that same old thing that, like, like if my mom was still alive, I would be like calling her on the phone and be like, "Mom, you're not going to believe what what people are still saying in this day and age and believing." And it's like, when's it going to get better?
0: I know. Well, that's the problem I always had with Hollywood because, I mean, I, I will pat myself on the back and say I was good at what I did, but I believe that I allow – I mean, when she t- when she said that to me, it triggered me. I don't necessarily yeah. blame her for my actions, but I started to starve myself, and I uh. mean, for like a decade I, – I mean, I, I never had anorexia or anything like that. But I just didn't eat enough food, which is pretty much yeah. every woman in Hollywood for the most part because we're told – I mean, look at what they did to Judy Garland to keep her thin. Yeah. So. Um, it's, yeah. n- it's not a new story, but her words, like, it sent this, like, shock through me, and I, and the crazy thing was, is not long after that, I got hired, and I worked on Days of Our Lives, and I could see myself on national television, and I was not 20 pounds lighter than Brooke Shields, oh, I basically looked like Brooke Shields, I just had bigger boobs that's pretty much it (laughs) and you know i mean i saw what i looked like but i mean for at least a decade i i restricted my food so much and i i mean obsessed obsessed and to this day i still obsess Uh, um yeah
1: and that's the thing i'm glad we're talking about that because as we're talking about these racial issues um my black friends are saying the best thing you can do is you know be a true white ally which the first thing you do is listen and support listen Mm -hmm. and support and I wholeheartedly agree. What do I know about the black experience, right, you know? Exactly. So I, um, I, I think that, uh, part of that conversation is, um, my black friends have been saying, you know, would you be willing to, and it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, this wouldn't have happened at the dinner party, but let's say, let's say I was, I was, it was old world and I had eight people over, you know, they're basically saying, would you be willing to like actually check someone if they said something yeah. even slightly racist? And I said, you know, I I started doing that, um, frankly, with the Trump thing mm-hmm. because I noticed they were hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And I said, I absolutely will. I said, my God, the least I can do is stop doing things like when I was little and my old racist relatives would say yes. bad stuff. And then the whole family would be like, oh, that's Uncle Morris. He's just old. It's a different, you know. And you're right. You grow up with those words. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what you're describing is what so many women feel. You can you can hear something from one source. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, like, once again, that has to stop. We have to stop girl on girl crime, mm-hmm. is what I call it. And <laughs> we, you know, we have to stop actress on actress crime and activist right. on activist crime. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I have never really understood the thing of women bringing other women down when yeah. we're already fighting so hard
0: exactly and you know just to add to your point and I know you have to go soon but to add to your point my mother has always called out racists and you know if somebody said the n-word or something like that she'll just say don't say that around me I don't tolerate that kind kind of yeah exactly and like my grandfather you know he he came from a different time and he would say things that I would always get on his case. And he would, I mean, he loved me and he loved his family, but again, it was a different time. And I would always argue with him about race issues and he hated listening to me because I just would never back down. And
1: Oh, me too. I was like, like when I was 10 years old, my dirty cop, cop, uncle, racist would call, literally say, you're an N word lover. Wow. 10 years
0: old.
1: Oh my God. Well, if you're a police officer, why would you use, I'm, exactly. con- I'm just genuinely confused. Wow. So yeah, I think, um, I think, I think it would, it would make our black friends uh, feel yeah. a lot better if they started feeling like, Hey, white people finally hear us and they're going to start talking to other white people. And I, I will say, I'll be, I'll be honest in uh, the times that I have said that to a guest, mm-hmm. um, I, I tend to lose that person as a friend Yes. and I'm now here to say, that's, great right like honestly i I know it's crazy to think five years ago you know there were people that i was hanging with and we all were having fun and all this other stuff and you know then i mean i had a couple of quite close friends say that they were going to vote for trump and they were going (sighs) to hold their nose (sighs) and there was a woman that said oh i don't care about the woman stuff and you know i gotta i'm just gonna be honest i haven't them reach yeah. them i can't i can't same. deal with that sort of yeah. thought same and they sure as hell on a lot of
0: my own yeah exactly i mean i've i've cut off like four or five different friends for the same reason i just can't deal with it i, can't, too, I can't like live with them.
1: so i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i can piss off very large groups of people you're welcome <laughs>
0: Well, thank you for doing it, and thank you so much for being on this podcast, for what you do. Well, thank do. you for
1: being so honest. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, well, you know, I, I love I love the honesty thing. I, I figure, you I know what? I love
1: the honesty. I enjoy the honesty.
0: Yeah, th- and that's what you do, and that's what I love. I love people who are just straightforward and honest and no BS, and so you're definitely one of them. Thanks again for being on the show. And you know, whatever, whatever comes up next for you. Good luck. I know you're not supposed to say that in Hollywood, but you know what I mean? Break leg, whatever. Uh, um. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just do well. You'll, you'll continue to do well. We absolutely love you. And thanks again.
1: Well, thank you. And I do want your listeners to know I am generating material. I'm writing stuff down. I'm, you know, all that. So I'm still doing my thing. But I just want to thank you, Kimberly. And this is fun. And I do a lot of these. And and like I said, I I really love your frank talk because in this time, we so need it. So thank you.
0: All right. Well, thank you. And you take care. All right, Val. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, how lucky am I? (laughs) That was so much fun. So much fun. I just want to like do a happy dance in my in my room. Um, Talking to her was great. And, you know, I'm so touched that she said she felt like we were friends already from the beginning because, you know, I've watched her forever. So I do feel like I know her obviously as a celebrity and not as somebody personal. But now we have this personal connection. She's fantastic. Um, let's see. Where wh- what can I even where can I even go after that? I mean, I just like I said, I just want my head to explode. I guess I'll go into Miranda first of all. I want to be very clear that um, before we did the show, I let Kathy know that my kitty Miranda, my senior kitty, has like had her ups and downs, and that I you know don't know what to expect from day to day, and that I might have to postpone the show because I don't know if I'm going to have to take her to the vet. So fortunately, Miranda's okay. Um, so far, so good. I'm not sure how things are going to go with her, but we're just going to play it by ear. But Kathy was so kind and so understanding, and I know she has animals too, so it's something that she understands. But, you know, she's a big star. You know, she calls herself the D-list and whatever, but she's a big star. And she could have just said to me, you know what, I really don't have time to play around. So the fact that she was so cool about this Um, I know COVID makes it easier. So not that I'm grateful for COVID, but, you know, COVID makes it a little easier because she's probably running around a lot more when she's not quarantined in her incredibly beautiful home. But um, I'm so grateful that she was so wonderful about that. And then one of the things that I didn't get to in my uh, main part of the intro was the fact that I would really, 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 really appreciate it if you would visit... Apple Podcasts. You can do that with through iTunes. And then subscribe. You can become a subscriber for free. And you can also give me a rating and a review if you like the show. I would really appreciate it. And then you also, for, for those of you who don't know, I'm an author also. I've written four books, but my I'd say the two most popular books are Peyton's Choice, which is a young adult book about abortion. Pro-choice, of course. And The Virgin Diaries, which is a collection of stories from men and women about how they had, what it was like for them to have first-time sex. I, I, you know, I wrote The Virgin Diaries in 2009, and as a feminist, I know I'm kind of not supposed to use the word virgin anymore, because it's like a patriarchal term, but um, just for the record, you know, the stories come from people of all ages, and they talk about how it felt to have first-time sex. I think the youngest person who had sex was like 12, to almost turning 13, and the, and that was a girl. And then the oldest person in the book to have sex was... 30 uh, something year old man 32 something like that so it's just people recalling their experiences so you can find all my books on Amazon and you can follow me on Twitter at author Kimberly K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y and I guess that's going to be it I'm, I'm going to close out the show and hopefully I'm going to be talking to John Pavlovitz on Wednesday looking forward to that I've got Glenn Kirshner booked for Monday that's going to be a fun interview although it's probably going to scare the shit out of me Um, both of these men know that Miranda is Miranda. So everybody understands that I might have to postpone. As I go through this journey with my cat, we'll just see what happens. Thank you for listening today. I had a lot of fun and I hope you did too. And you know, I love those comments. So bring on those comments. Be safe, everyone.